and love is all that I can give to you. Love is more than just a game for two. Two in love can make it. Take my heart and please don't break it. Love was made for me and you. Welcome to Love Savers Radio, ministering the blessings of covenant. This is Walter and Sandy Fox from Love Savers Ministry, called by God to minister the blessings of the marriage covenant by enriching, encouraging, strengthening, and praying for the healing of marriages, especially marriages in crisis. Hi, Love Savers listeners. This is Keith Davis, the proprietor of the Golden Pear Cafes. As I enter my 30th year of marriage, I encourage you to seek the Lord's guidance and wisdom for your marriage, for He is the one who can help you day by day in building a lifetime of peace, joy, fond memories, and a beautiful family. When Anne walked into the Golden Pear to apply for a job as Golden Pear's first pastry chef, I had no idea that God had brought my future wife and mother of our three children literally to my front door. But that is exactly what he did. And although we have had our challenges and ups and downs, God has richly blessed our marriage and he gets the glory for our 30 years together. So I encourage you to seek God's will and use Love Savers as a resource to improve and bless your marriage. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Mark chapter 10, verse 9. Today's guest authors are Joel and Nina Schmidtgal. They wrote the book, Praying Circles Around Your Marriage. They say marriage is your most important relationship on earth, and prayer is the single most powerful way to transform it. The commitment made in the sacred circle of marriage requires faith, boldness, and resolve. Sandy talks with Joel and Nina today about their book, Praying Circles Around Your Marriage. Let's listen. Hi, Nina. How are you? Okay. Is it Nina and Joel? Hey, hey. Okay. How are you doing? All right. We're going to discuss your wonderful book, Praying Circles Around Marriage. And I just want to ask you how you guys became involved with Mark Batterson and the Circle Maker series. Yeah. Um, well, as you know, it's a wonderful uh, book about, it's an old story in the Jewish Talmud about a guy named Honey, the circle maker. And um, we have seen for years in our church just the effects of prayer and the miracles of prayer in, in drawing circles, which is really just um, being resolved, well, excuse me, resolving in prayer and being persistent in prayer. And so um, as we've been practicing prayer in a number of different areas, um, we were really both inspired and also pushed in our work in marriage. Um, what if we took prayer to a next level within our greatest covenantal relationship, the most sacred relationship that we have on the earth, and that's marriage. And so that was kind of um, the impetus for us to take a step out in faith and, and invite the Holy Spirit into our, into our marriages in greater ways. Amen. Before Mark asked you guys to help out with applying the circle maker to marriage, had you already seen application from the book to your own marriage or other marriages around you? Yeah, and I think um, it's interesting because I don't know if you relate with this, but, you know, within marriage, um, here's the thing, you know, I'm right 99% of the time. 
The problem is Nina is right 99% of the time as well. <laughs> and so that doesn't add up, does it? And uh, But the fact is, if we didn't have prayer in our relationship, I don't know where we would be. I don't know pe- how people do marriage without prayer. And so um, when I hit my knees on the ground, humility hits my heart. And so we have regular practice of prayer within our own relationship, and we've seen that the transformational power of the Spirit of God in our lives. And and prayer isn't just some magical incantation. The power of prayer is not in prayer. The power of prayer is who hears our prayers. Yes. And that's a God who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask or imagine. And, and so for us to continually give the Spirit of God the ability to bring conviction into our own individual hearts and into our marriage relationship has been powerful for us. Yeah. Yeah, what you often say, right, is that prayer doesn't make us better than the other one or better for the other one. Prayer, prayer often makes us better than ourselves. It's about, um, you know, God uses, uses marriage as a refining tool in our lives. He uses it to, to, um, grow us into the people that He desires us to be. He uses it to draw us into Himself. And, and that's the same that when we seek Him out, um, within, uh, you know, different areas of our marriage is that He is then able to do His refining work yes were you both all in as soon as mark mentioned this book or did he have to talk you into (laughs) helping or was one of you on board and had to talk the other one into it a little bit how did that work yeah no that's a great question and and um you know first we were just (laughs) we were touched we you know we've worked alongside of mark and laura batterson at national community church for almost two decades now and and they actually, uh, Mark married us. He officiated our wedding. And so we were laughing because they have, uh, you know, they have the closest upfront look at our marriage. And so we said, are you sure? <laughs> uh, but, but you know, it, it really was a point of, of prayer. We did have to pray about it. I think, um, you know, there was there was some concerns there just about even what the process might be like. And, you know, what I've said a number of times is really what a gift it's ended up uh, being. It's ended up being such a gift to, to spend time really reflecting on what makes marriage work, what does it look like for to invite God's transforming power through prayer into our marriage, what makes our marriage work, and and to spend uh, time reflecting on that and to inviting the Lord and His transformation in a new way has been really actually a gift. Yeah. I don't know, though, Jill, you could answer with one of us more ready at first than other. I probably was a little bit more hesitant, huh? Yeah, and hesitant meaning no. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it was. I think, you know, part of it for you was, you know, one of the greatest places of blessing for us that we've seen is in our marriage. And so I think we, we had a level of trepidation understanding that, you know, it's in those areas that you put out there most where the enemy seems to attack most. And so I think for us, we just felt like, man, God's given us such a gift. Why would we risk that or jeopardize that? Um, but I think over time when you, in prayer, you walk with the Spirit and ask Him what He wants you to do. Then it's not be—it's not about what you're trying to protect. It's about what you're trying to pursue in the Spirit. And I think we both felt compelled. Hey, this is a calling, and we want to take mm-hmm. a step of faith and step into it. Yeah, and I think Mark mentioned in the book that even though there's an age difference between you, he in so many ways looks up to you in your marriage. It feels there's that spiritual maturity, right? 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. Those, those, are, those are kind words. Yes, yeah. I thought that those were special words. What are the key ways in which we can pray for our marriages today? Yeah, you know, the, the, the circles in the book, the different chapters, are the areas that we really believe, at least in the couples, that taking a look at our own marriage and then the couples that we walk with kind of identified, well, these are some key areas that we believe that if couples really um, leaned in in prayer uh, and in an intentional way, invited the Lord in a new way, that really He could begin to do a transforming work. And, and um, you know, that's things like, like the conflicts, some of those persistent conflicts that are, that just, you know, most of us in our marriage have those things that seem to kind of be one or two, maybe three or four of the same issues that seem to kind of show themselves again and again in new ways. And, you know, we're really uh, believing that, that if couples uh, ask the Lord for just, um, you know, even divine revelation of what is the true, uh, true things that are at work in those things that divide us and, and begin to ask for, for revelation about um, or his transforming power in some of those areas, that there would be real uh, real change, and not only change in the outcome, but change in, in perspective and change in unity. And so I think for sure we call that the war circle, just the conflict areas of our marriage. And, you know, and then things like... Um, you know, the, the storms, the, those difficult things that we know, every, you know, God's word really speaks very clearly that, that we, we will in, encounter trials of many kinds and that, and yeah. we know in, in every life and every marriage that there really will be trials to come. And some of those things are slow and persisting trials and some of them are really sudden and catastrophic and, and, you know, we would like to encourage couples to begin to build a foundation, a foundation um, in the Lord, a foundation in God's word, a foundation with one another in their marriage, that, that their marriage relationship and, and their faith would remain strong when the storms come. So, so those are just a couple of, of areas, but, but really that's what the book is. It's identifying, um, identifying just a number of different areas that we really believe um, that if couples would begin to invite the Lord and, and uh, in a new way in those areas that there really would be transformation. Is there any there that you would want to mention, Joel, specifically? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, Luke's, Luke eleven seventeen. any kingdom divided against itself will be ruined and a house divided against itself will fall. So we're praying, too, for vision. Um, you know, the word division is just the prefix, prefix die, meaning two, and then vision. So it's two visions. So we're praying that God would give a singular a one-hearted vision to marriages mm. that maybe some of the challenges we have in marriage is because we have two different contexts or ideas of what marriage should be or what we want it to be. But we believe that that the Lord allows us to release um, some things when we get married and become one with another. And so praying over vision, praying over romance, praying over a legacy of what is to come, that God, that your marriage is bigger than yourself, but God has generations and nations to bless through you as we see through Abram in the Old Testament. And so, um, yeah, those are a few things that we're leaning into. Yeah, I think both of us really desire deeply that couples would begin to have a um, a generational perspective of, of what God has for their marriage. I mean, we know when we read God's Word with a wide lens, that he he does his work over time, even over generations, and so so often when we, when we make decisions in our marriage or when we're in the midst of a conflict or a difficulty, we're thinking so in the now, and I think um, even couples that are facing 
you know, the decisions on should we split or should we, you know, some of those very difficult moments, I think really just one of our deepest prayers is that couples would, would, um, would get a generational vision, would, would see as God sees for just the plan and the work that he's doing over time. What are some practical exercises that you encourage couples to use in committing together to pray for their marriages? Yeah, um, I'll just give a really simple one. And this was um, kind of descriptive for us in marriage because um, for us, communication is not a, we have very different forms or styles of communication. So um, we've learned that we need a regular touch point and we need a weekly time where we come together. And so every, so on Sunday nights, we call it our Sunday night walk. Um, we'll go out and we'll take a walk and that's time that we can talk about work on our marriage. And we include in our book, we include just some very simple questions that are a great resource to couples that we work with every week. You just ask these questions and an example would just be a really simple question. Like how can I be a better husband to you, Nina? And here's what that does. Um, you know, if, if she says, you know, well, well, let's say that week, you know, Tuesday morning, five minutes before I leave for work, she says, hey, I noticed the, the dishes weren't done. And my natural reaction is say, well, hey, I noticed the laundry's not done either. And, you know, I'm very defensive. But if I ask the question on Sunday and I walk, hey, how can I be a better husband? She says, you know, could you, uh, do you think you could work on getting the dishes done? And I say, yeah, absolutely. I would love to do that. So I kind of trick my own pride um, into saying like, hey, if I ask the question, if I initiate, I'm in a better position to receive information and to better love my wife. And so we have some questions that we go through each week that just help us to kind of stay on track. And when you get those one, two degrees off, and yeah. you just bring it back, that's a lot easier, isn't it, than when you're about 35 degrees off? <laughs> yes. And, um, yeah. Yes. Yeah, and I, and I think just, you know, if Joel and I were being fully truthful, we are probably um, – much better at our prayer for one another even than, you know, we've had to really grow in our praying together, uh, but but have both really always been committed in the way that we lift one another up, and, and so I would just encourage any couple, uh, you know, you can't necessarily convince your spouse to um, to step into to a new kind of prayer pattern, but you can begin to pray with fervency. And so, um, you know, whether that looks like maybe just a quick journal or whether that just looks like an intentional time each morning or each night to to lift your spouse up to just um, pray over specifics. And for us, that Sunday night walk really helps to have insight on what are the things that are going on in one another's hearts? What are the, the things that we can actually be intentional um, when we go before the Lord? Yes. You write you know, you were just talking before about praying circles around your marriage related to casting a vision for your marriage. You also talked about handling conflict or life storms and even leaving a legacy and that was something very new that not everyone talks about that and how important that is for your marriage. Can you share a couple of examples of those situations or life stage specific prayers? prayer circle applications? Yeah, maybe if you don't mind, I could share an example that we're the beneficiary of. Um, I, um, yeah, my family, um, my grandfather, um, 
made made he prayed a prayer when he was in his late 30s and he was going one direction he was going one path and he was um you know alcohol was a regular consumption and just some problems within his marriage and one night he prayed a prayer at a church and he he committed his life to seeking god and he gave his life to the lord that night and it changed his course and he became a man of prayer and a man of integrity and then you know that that um of course castated down into my father and then into me and so i saw a legacy of prayer a third generation where i was receiving something through um a, a marriage um that was built on prayer and so i think a lot of the legacy that i've received what the benefits that i'm living in today are not the results of my own decisions they're the results of the decisions of the generations that have come before me it's just amazing so, to look at that that way yeah Mm. Yes, and so I think for us, we realize that our decisions aren't just for today, and they're not just for us. Every time we make a decision of prayer in our marriage, it's a decision for three generations beyond ourselves. And so everything we do to build our marriage today is making an investment into the future. And um, so, yeah, I think that's just a practical example that we've received uh, in marriage and now a motivation for us as we try to live that out in our future. It's amazing to think of how one prayer can actually change a whole direction of one's life. Yeah, Mm -hmm. a whole direction of your life. Are there some areas in which it is easier for women to be the circle maker and some areas for men? And how does that once again illustrate God's perfect design for the marriage? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think things look different really for every couple and and for every marriage. We were just with another couple not long ago um, that were, were, you know, sharing that really, you know, the wife had felt maybe discouraged for a lot of years, like really felt like, um, you know, her and her husband was in ministry, just, man, wow, he's such a spiritual leader in so many areas of our of life, but I don't know that he's really leading spiritually um, in our home or with me in the same way and just maybe not as intentional in prayer. And after maybe years of some of that frustration, really felt like the Lord prompted her of, you know, why don't you, um, why don't you lead in the way that you, you want this to go or to grow? And so she just began to do that and began to, to, um, be a little more intentional at the, at, at bedtime or each night or when circumstances would arise to say, let's stop, let's pray together in this moment. Let's invite the Lord and let's hear what he has to say. And it began to really transform their marriage. And, and he would say that now they're, their prayer life and the fruit of it and the depth of it is really because um, of the way that she led in, in that way. And so I don't know that I would say that uh, that um, it is easier. And Joel, you might be able to speak better to just um, are there some things that that can maybe make taking steps in that direction, um, maybe make that men maybe sometimes more hesitant in that area. Yeah, and I think, no, that's really good. You know, when we think of a marriage, it's, it's a team approach, right? And there are unique gifts that each one of us have, and women have different gifts than men have gifts. Um, but that's even categorizing, you know? Let's just take it a marriage at a time, and every marriage has two unique, um, I think, gifts that God brings in. And so the way that Nina approaches prayer sometimes is I learn from her. And 
and she will challenge me and she'll bring a gift. And there are ways that I approach differently than her. And that includes my giftings. That includes my background. Mm -hmm. um, that includes the way that I have seen the spirit of God move in the cultures that I've been a part of. And so each one of us, you know, brings a different experience and view of the spirit that blends together so wonderfully. And so for, for one person within a marriage, just to wait for the other to do all the work is totally missing the point because it's not the one becomes one in addition than one. It's the two become one, right? So you combine together and you have, um, equal, equal partnership in this submit one to another out of reverence for Christ. Yes. And, um, and so when we submit one to one to another out of reverence for Christ, it's three verses earlier in verse 18 of Ephesians chapter five, that it says, be filled with the spirit. And when we're filled with the spirit, we operate in our giftings and we both bless in the form of prayer and action. And Joe, I'm actually just thinking about, we had a, uh, there was an all night prayer night we, we had one time at, at our church and, and that makes it sound very spiritual and big. It just was um, something we were giving a try to do. And, and Jill, you were really petitioning the Lord on behalf of some things for our kids and, and really just praying and praying and praying and persisting. And you felt like, and correct me if I'm saying any of this wrong, but you felt like at one point the Lord spoke to you and said um, what you want to see, what you're dreaming of for um, your kids and their their future and their spiritual health, um, what you want to see, you have to be. So really that you have to, to model it. And, yes. and I think that's true in, in marriage, too. I think sometimes we can get so frustrated at our spouse that they're not being who we want them to be or that they're not leading in the way that we would desire them, our spouse to lead, or they're not responding in the way we would want them to respond. And or we feel the Lord prompting us in a direction and our spouse is maybe not going with us in the same way or with the same quickness that we'd like them to. And I think sometimes um, we just have to to be what we want to see. If the Lord, and that's like that couple that I was sharing about, if the Lord is prompting um, a, a new persistence spiritually for you, in your marriage or in your family, then begin to walk in that way and then and anticipate what the Lord will do. Yes. For someone who might be listening and whose marriage is on the brink of collapse, what emergency measures would you recommend they take in prayer? Sort of CPR for their marriage. A CPR mm. prayer. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, and unfortunately, we get to walk with um, a lot of couples who find themselves in that situation. And in some ways, this book was born out of prayer because of some of those around us um, who are in that desperate situation. And, you know, the greatest prayer is just to say, Lord, help. Right? <laughs> right? Like, And, of course, it's always thing. best that we don't have to do a CPR prayer, but that we're so close mm -hmm. to the Lord. As you mentioned, that when we go through the storms, you know, mm -hmm. we just really have him there for us, right? That's right. Yep. You know, not and, waiting and, you know, for the emergency. Right? Right. Yeah. Just building. Yes, and that's our prayer. dream before we can ever get there. But yes. at the same time acknowledging that many of us find ourselves in that position. And so, right. you know, our encouragement is, hey, the Spirit of God can can do miracles. And the first place to go is on your knees, to get on your knees and submit yourself to the Lord and understand that I have to die to myself before the Lord, to, before I truly become one with another 
with my wife. And so that's where it starts on your knees. But part one circle that we talk about is the, is the support circle. And we also acknowledge that, you know, there's wisdom in the counsel of many, according to the Proverbs. And um, so we need others around us, too, to give us counsel. And so I would encourage somebody to, to go to a counselor and also receive counsel while also committing to prayer and I don't have time to get into our story um, that we talk about in the book but we come to a point of desperation in our marriage we did and it was a time of 40 days of prayer where the Lord really turned over the soil and he began to grow something new out of out of our marriage and so um, I would really encourage it, like, hey, get a little, understand that God can do something, but it takes desperation, it takes prayer, it takes seeking Him with everything you have, and it takes some people around you to help you through that as well. Yeah. Yes, that's true. For someone out there who is engaged to be married soon, what are the very first steps they should take to get their marriage off on the right prayer path? Mm. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I think what Joel just mentioned earlier is one of the things we, when we sit down with the couples that are preparing for marriage, one of the number one things that we uh, recommend and encourage is is for them to play offense before they have to play defense. And, and for us, that looks like that that Sunday walk, creating a rhythm, just a pattern in their life to where where they're having healthy conversation and remaining connected to one another and asking the questions about how can I be good to you and what's happening in your life that I can be encouraging you in. And, and we have found that the couples that do that, that are very intentional to put some of those pieces in place, um, are the, the ones that maintain a healthy rhythm the most and the longest. And, and, and it really is, it's about playing offense in your marriage rather than defense, rather than waiting for the, the unhealthy moments or the patterns to, to start to arise and then to deal with the things, to be, um, putting some patterns into place that are, um, that are proactively staying connected to one another and, and then, of course, you know, we share in the romance circle, which is just about, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, look at even just the science of what happens in our mind and hearts um, when we first fall in love versus um, when we, you know, have a sustaining relationship and you know, one of the things Joel just encourages couples quite often is uh, the goal is not to fall in love, it's to grow in love. And, yes. and there actually is, um, you know, physiological things that happen differently when we are first falling for someone, even, you know, all the, the, the things that happen inside of our bodies chemically when, um, when feelings are new. And, and there is actually a physiological change um, when that shift in a relationship comes. And so um, I think helping couples to anticipate that and to learn to then put into practice and into rhythm some things that help them remain connected, remain connected to one another, that keep, that keep their, their friendship and their, and their relationship and their hearts connected. And so, um, and of course, we list a lot of different ideas in the book about ways to do that and to, to, um, to maybe, you know, fight to remain connected over time. Well, and, you know, one thing we say is prayer is a great evaluator. 
Uh-huh. And, you know, oftentimes, you know, for instance, the 40 days that I referenced, I started by praying for Nina primarily. By the end of those 40 days, I was realizing I need to listen to God about myself. Yeah. And, um, and that's what happens in prayer. We talked about Honey, you know, he, what he did was he drew a circle around himself and said, God, I will not leave this circle until you pour down your rain on this nation. And, you know, Toyota, um, came up many years ago, came up with this evaluative look where they would invite new employees into the front room of their manufacturing plant and they draw a circle around themselves. They look around and they evaluate everything around the circle. What what are they doing? They're taking an evaluative look so that they can learn and the company can learn. And when we pray within our marriages, if a couple can begin their marriage through prayer, they're allowing themselves to, to take an evaluative look. And if you can do that throughout your marriage, it's going to keep you on track. It's going to keep you on point. And you have... Um, the third strand, which is critical to the long-term strength of your marriage, to bring conviction, to bring grace, to bring revelation to your heart in a way that will sustain your marriage. That's wonderful. Would you let us know where our listeners can get your book and other resources? Could you give us your website, please? Yes, um, well, the, the the book can can be bought at most local retailers, and and for sure, um, we can be found, of course, on social media. Our last name Schmidgall is very interesting to spell: S C H M I D G A L L. But Joel is just at Joel Schmidgall, and I'm at Nina Schmidgall on on most social media feeds. And and um, yes, and and of course, we serve in Washington D.C. at National Community Church, and and those are some ways that you can find us. Thank you so much, Joel and Nina. And I'll just say goodbye and God bless for now. Well, thank hey, you. Thanks for having on you. All okay, right. Bye now. Thank you. Bye.